Hello and welcome to this week's episode from the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I am trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now over this last week I have been paying a bit of attention to my rhubarb in that I've been sowing some rhubarb seeds and I have been forcing some rhubarb. What's that all about? I will let you know as well how I go about growing rhubarb. But first of all, let's have the first diary update from Saturday on the home plot. It is Saturday the 21st of January 2023 today. I have done a bit of work at the home garden. Now it's been a bit of a frosty cold, but well, the sun is out and it's been dry day today. So it has been it has been possible to get out in the garden, but we do have a lot of frozen water and ice everywhere. So digging the ground or going into the ground has been a big no-no. So one of the first things that I wanted to try and tackle today was our front garden. As I've said, one of the things that we are doing this year is making the front garden into more of an edible landscape, which we've got a few privet bushes out there that I've been slowly removing and I tried to remove a few more of those today. Unfortunately my chainsaw decided it wouldn't work. Not quite sure what is going on with it. It is an electrical problem because it just doesn't seem to want to run. I've had a quick look but I'm going to have to strip it down and have a proper look at it a little later on when I have a bit more time. So without the chainsaw I did try and trim back a lot of the bushes and dig out a couple more with our pickaxe to try and remove them. We're getting there slowly with it. It is all taking time, but I got a little bit fed up, to be honest. I get bored sometimes of doing the same thing for a long period. So what I like to do is just tackle that job for a bit of time before moving on. What we will eventually do out here is move a lot of our pot plants out the front where they can then grow a lot of our edible plants that we are hoping to grow. Now because I got bored I moved out to the back and I continued sorting out my plastic pots. I spoke about this last week and I'm just trying to go through our plastic pot collection, get them all organised a bit better and tidied up. Uh, having them strewn around the garden as such, although they're in, in certain containers and things, just isn't really doing it for me. So having a bit of a tidy up around there is is paying off. After that, again, only did it for a bit of time before I got a little bit bored and moved on to the next job. Now, what we do have in our rear garden particularly is a form of wild garlic that pops up every year. It's a real real pain I believe it is edible but I cannot be certain that it is definitely wild garlic it certainly smells of garlic but to be certain I cannot be sure so we don't eat it instead I just keep having to try and hoe it back and remove it when and where it pops up now as I said the ground is frozen so hoeing isn't that easy so all I did was got my strimmer out and cut a lot of these down now it didn't take that long to do that job so I went into my greenhouse and I filled a potato bucket up with compost and jazzy potatoes. Now these jazzy potatoes I've read are a very early potato. I've got rocket as well which will go down on the allotment at a later date. We'll talk about potatoes next week but I just wanted to grow some in the greenhouse for some extra early potatoes. So jazzy potatoes in a pot 
in the greenhouse for now. I've got to say, the greenhouse is looking very, very full. Now, while I was in there, I also sowed some cauliflower, which I, I'm, a, I'm not a fan of cauliflower, I'll be honest. It's not one of my most favourite vegetables, but we do try to grow it anyway. But I also sowed some rhubarb. Now, this week's main topic is all about growing rhubarb. So while I was sowing the rhubarb, made a little discussion now I want to talk to you about right now. So here I am in my greenhouse here at home and I'm here because I am sowing some rhubarb seed. Now probably most people have never really thought about growing rhubarb from seed. They used to probably buying clumps of rhubarb crowns from a garden centre or being given from friends. Now I grew rhubarb from seed for the first time last year and I was surprised how well it worked out. So I thought I'm going to do the same this year. Now the rhubarb seed is actually pretty easily available and what we have to do is just soak the seed for about an hour before we sow the seed. That way it just gets quite a, a bit of moisture in it. The seeds are actually fairly large and easy to handle so sowing rhubarb isn't going to be a bit of a problem. While the seeds were soaking for an hour what I did is I filled some five centimeter flower pots up with compost. Now I'm just using multi-purpose compost into which I've added a bit of perlite. Rhubarb does like a free draining soil so perlite will help with that. Now I filled quite a few flower pots up with compost because we have quite a few seeds to sow. And what I did was I sowed three seeds per pot. Just put all three seeds in, in the pot and then moved on to the next one. And then I covered them over with five centimetres of compost. Now I'm going to leave these pots in this greenhouse where hopefully they will germinate pretty soon. Now germination can be very very slow. We're looking about three weeks but as it is a bit chilly at the moment, it might take a little bit longer. Anyway, we will allow these to grow uh, after germination. And once it seems like we're getting some good growth on all the uh, rhubarb plants, what I will then do is remove two of the weakest plants from each pot. Now, I said I was sowing three seeds per plot earlier on and what I did last year was use my standard seed sowing compost in, in my trays and then transplanted them and what I found with the rhubarb is they really didn't like being transplanted so what I'm doing is I'm putting these in pots where they will grow on uh, the strongest plant will basically just continue to grow on establish itself in its pot as it gets bigger and bigger we will add it into some bigger and bigger pots just potting them on so that they get more and more room now in the meantime what we need to do is prepare the ground where these are going to grow rhubarb is a perennial plant so they're going to be in the ground for quite some time it is incredibly hardy rhubarb i've got to say so we want to make sure that the the ground is prepared well in advance we want to basically remove any weeds as much as we can and any stones add plenty of organic matter be it well rotted compost or well rotted manure Rhubarb does like lots of sun and it grows the best rhubarb with plenty of sun but it is a broadleafed plant it can cope with shade quite well it just won't produce as well so 
if you have got a shady area, rhubarb will do fairly well in the shade, just not as good as if it is in the sun. The only thing I would say that rhubarb does need is free draining soil. So if your, your ground gets waterlogged during the winter, you might want to grow your rhubarb in raised beds. But remember that rhubarb, when it does grow, is also a very moisture-loving plant. Free draining and moisture-loving, so it needs a lot of water. It's also a very hungry plant, so plenty of organic matter, as I said earlier. Now, once the plants you fill are big enough that they should handle outside and they're hardened off and used to being outside, plant them in the ground, water them in well and get them to established. After that, they should be easy to look after. They are very, very hungry plants. So what I like to do once a year, I like to add plenty of well-rotted manure or compost to my rhubarb bed. And during the year, add some chicken manure pellets or some grow more to the rhubarb bed as well. Like I said, they are very hungry plants, so they will be very grateful for the extra feed. For the first year, we don't really want to harvest any rhubarb. We want to allow it time to establish. But then after that, you pick the rhubarb from sort of end of April, beginning of May onwards and make the most of it. Crumbles, sorbets, cordials, they all can be made with rhubarb. Plenty of rhubarb recipes out there. Now, in terms of long-term care, like I say, plenty of feed is all it needs. In the winter time, it will die back. So it might be worth just adding a bit of straw or, like I said, manure to mulch around just to protect the crowns throughout the winter. Rhubarb is incredibly hardy, so it will survive some of the coldest winters. It, it originates from Siberia, if I'm not mistaken. So it shows just how cold it can get. In the past, when I lived with my parents, we had a rhubarb plant that was out in our front garden. My, my stepdad would just run over this rhubarb plant whenever he mowed the lawn, and it still kept coming back. So it is a very, very hardy plant. After five years, the rhubarb can start to go a bit woody, a bit old. And that's when sometimes we need to split the rhubarb crown. This is something that I've not yet had to do or not felt the need to do, but it's something on my list that we might have to do in the future. Now, when it comes to splitting a rhubarb crown, what we've got to do is dig up the entire crown and take a sharp spade and cut the crown into three pieces. So you've got the two outer edges and the middle. The middle is going to be the woodiest, the oldest part, so that just ends up on the compost heap. But the other two crowns can be replanted. And again, plenty of organic matter added in advance, weed-free, and let them establish for a year before you harvest them. But then you get two crowns out of it, so you're doubling the amount of rhubarb you will get. So rhubarb, like I say, very easy to look after, very easy to grow and don't get many problems. And it's probably one of the best, it is a vegetable, one of the best vegetables to grow to be self-sufficient in. Right, let's find out if I get to the allotment tomorrow. It's Sunday the 22nd of January 2023 today and I am down on my allotment. Now, uh, I came down here early this morning because... Well, I wanted to try and make the most of the day. Unfortunately, it's very, very frosty this morning. It's still frosty now. We're getting into early afternoon. 
Now, when it is frosty, I always feel, one, that we can't really go disturbing the soil because we could damage some of the life in the soil. And that's always worrying for me. But I also worry about plants. I don't know if cutting back or damaging plants when it is frosty is going to do some damage. I'd like to think it wouldn't, but I don't really want to take the chance. So what I decided to do, first of all, I grabbed a couple of dustbin liners and I just walked around the plot picking up all the rubbish that seems to get blown onto my allotment. This has always been a problem here and it will continue to be a problem. For some reason the wind just gets it blown right up here and it gets caught amongst my stuff. So I filled up a couple of dustbin bags with the rubbish that I found here. And because I just felt like I was doing such a good job, I thought, you know what, I'm going to continue on doing this in my sheds. I've been wanting to get into my two sheds I have on the allotment here to do this tidying up for quite a while. I just haven't really found the time to do it for one reason or another. So first of all, I went into my big shed on the top half of my plot. Now that shed I've got a lot of my tools in because before Christmas I just emptied a lot of my tools into there for a bit of tidying. So I tidied that all up in there. It's not 100% how I would like it. It's just more I've cleared away a lot of the rubbish and I've stacked things a bit tidier and accessible. Then I went down to my small shed. Now the tools were in this small shed before Christmas. And I moved them out of there because this shed had some damage happen to it last year. Last year we had some vandals come along and they tried to get it into my shed. And what they did was they thought it was a push door. It's not, it's a sliding door. And they pushed on it, realised they couldn't get into it, but the damage was already done. I've spent this last year really only being able to just about squeeze the door open enough that I can get my arm in and fit, get some tools out. It's been a nightmare to say the least. Luckily, the tools that I mostly use, and it's been quite eye-opening to see how few tools we actually use, were available. So it, it's not too difficult of a problem. Anyway, I forced this door completely open and then I emptied everything out of here. Now, a couple of tools that I had in here, my petrol lawnmower has been in here since I got it. Unfortunately, the petrol lawnmower is so rusty and there's huge holes in it that I consider it too dangerous. So that is gonna to go to the tip. Also had a petrol streamer, which I think same sort of problem with it, or it, the engine doesn't run very well. So I think that is also gonna to go to the tip. I've moved over to battery powered tools, as you know, and I'm much happier with these battery powered tools. Anyway, I cleared this shed out and what I noticed on the bottom of the shed is there was an awful amount of mud and this worried me. So when I cleared everything out, tidied it up and looked at the floor, I've realised that the wooden floor base is given way and there's holes in it. It's rotted away, which is not good. So what I'm going to have to do now is replace the base. I'm not going to be able to do that today, but I'm going to figure out a way that I can actually just get into this base and replace it to the point that I feel it is going to be useful for us. After that, I managed to repair the door just by forcing everything back into place. What had happened is there was a bit of plastic that holds the runners into place that had been snapped off by the vandals. So... I managed to force it back into place, like I said, and it's not too bad 
now that that is done. Which means that this shed is still usable, it just needs a new floor. Now I put the lawnmower and the strimmer back in, but that's all that is in it. Everything else is staying in the big shed for now. And if these two get stolen, it doesn't matter because they're going to go to the tip. That is all I've been up to today, sorting out my sheds here on the allotment. As I said, it is cold and uh, it's time to head on home for a nice cup of coffee. Now when I get home, I'm going to be forcing some rhubarb. and I'm going to be discussing that with you as well. Well, I'm back at home and in my rhubarb bed that I have here at home. Here I've got two crowns, but down on the allotment I do have about six other crowns. Three of those actually produce very well. The other three, they're going to need a bit of care this year to try and get them at the best out of them to see if we can continue growing them. But... Something that I know about rhubarb is that when it was first introduced into the UK, it was considered very unpalatable and not re really well liked. It generally was a medicinal plant. That was until somebody discovered that you could force rhubarb and it, it grew sweeter, pinker stems. Now I suspect this was found by accident. Somebody probably threw a load of manure or compost or, or straw over a rhubarb crown that was growing. It grew in the dark and when they pulled back all the mulch they discovered these pink sweet stems. I could be wrong on that but that's my theory. It's also generally a bit earlier. Now when we are going to force rhubarb, like I'm going to do now, we do need a well-established crown. Because when we force rhubarb, it's going to really sap a lot of energy out that plant. So one of these rhubarb crowns is what we're going to use. Now I've added plenty of organic matter over the years, but we've added a bit of a mulch of organic matter. Beginning of a winter, but I've added a bit more today. I've also just added some straw around this rhubarb crown to protect it a little bit more, keep it a little bit warmer. Now, that's all the preparation that we need to do. Next thing we need to do is place over our forcer. Traditionally, the terracotta forcers are what are used. Now, I love the look of these, I've got to admit. I've seen them in garden centres, I've seen them in stately homes. They look absolutely fantastic, but they are very expensive. Instead, we could use something that we might have anyway. A very large flower pot could be used, but what I'm using is an old bin that I've upturned and placed over the crown. Now, in the handles on either side, I've stuck a couple of stakes in just to make sure it doesn't get blown away. And... That is it. That's all we have to do to force this rhubarb. It's going to stay like this for about six to eight weeks. So beginning of April, what we will do is then lift up this forcer and then we can harvest all the pink sweet stems. We're not going to be able to harvest anything else from this rhubarb for this next year because it's going to need to recover from the high energy that it's used in forcing this rhubarb. But these sweet pink stems, we use those in exactly the same way as any other rhubarb that we would harvest normally. So I cannot wait to see how this works. Come back in April. I'm sure you're going to listen between now and April, of course. But come back in April and we will find out just how well we've got on. It is Monday, the 23rd of January, 2022 today. And as always on a Monday, we are sharing a recipe. 
Now, this was a bit of a difficult one to try and share with you because I felt that as I've been talking about rhubarb so much this week, rhubarb seemed like the real recipe that I should be talking about. Normally, I try and share recipes that we are making or are something that we're harvesting at this current moment in time. And as you can imagine, I'm not exactly harvesting rhubarb at the moment. However, when I think about rhubarb, I'm always reminded of a recipe that a listener sent to me and it is a rhubarb sorbet recipe you will find this on the website it is absolutely delicious and it is well worth making and keeping in the freezer ready to have at a later date and if you have a lot of rhubarb in the freezer this might be something that you would use so what you do is you take 500 grams of rhubarb wash it trim it and cut it into two centimeters chunks then you place it in a pan with 225 grams of caster sugar, the juice of one lemon and 150 ml of water. All in the pan and then just cook until the rhubarb is nice and soft. Then just allow it to cool for a few minutes. Place this in the blender and liquidize until it is nice and a, a real nice sort of liquid rhubarby material. Now, what we can then do is either churn it, if you are lucky enough to have an ice cream maker, churn it in an ice cream maker for about four hours or just pot it in a container with a lid and freeze it. Just stir it every hour so that you don't get ice crystals. It can take about four to six hours to really set, but just make sure every hour you go out and give it a good stir. And there you go. You can serve it right away when it is fully frozen and set or keep it in the freezer until you need it. Use it just like a nice ice cream or sorbet. It is, once again, absolutely delicious. So, yeah, a lovely rhubarb recipe. I'm sure as we get into rhubarb season, we will all be searching high and wide for as many rhubarb recipes as we possibly can. And I cannot wait to try some of this forced rhubarb to see how well that performs in this rhubarb sorbet recipe. Well, that is it for this week. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast and it's been some use to you. If you have, then please leave us a review on your podcast service. If you want to support this podcast, then please head to the vegrowpodcast.co.uk where you can become a supporting member. Now, for that, I charge £5 a month. You become a member of the Supporters Club. You get extra behind-the-scenes podcasts as well as a collection of seeds sent to your door every month. Now, if you want to get in touch, my email address is richard at vegrowpodcast.co.uk or you can visit our website. You can leave a voicemail, which is always good. Or you can just leave a comment on the bottom of our blog post. And don't forget, you can find us on social media as well and give us a follow. Well, that is it for this week. So until next time, please take care. Yeah.